Radio Tiny House is on the air. Good morning and welcome to a fourth episode of Radio Tiny House. Uh, coming to you live or on tape from the uh, the mountains of North Georgia, the cool, crisp mountains of North Georgia. Uh, my name is Barry Smith, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host and wife. Beth Smith. How are you this morning? Sleepy. Yeah, it's a little, uh, we had a late night last night, and then we had, uh, once again, our great peer, who's doing her job. She's uh, uh, our livestock guardian. Um, she's guarding something. She, she's, she was definitely guarding something last night. Uh, I went out early when she was barking, and it was coyotes. And then at uh, some point in the middle of the night, about 4 or 4.30, she really got ramped up about something, and um, it just continued for most of the morning. Yeah, so, so our quiet country life was not quiet last night. No, but at least it's not horns honking or... Um, uh, you know, jackhammers or something like that. It yeah. is often um, the Army Rangers flying overhead, but that's kind of cool. So anyway, good morning. Hope you're having a great day. Um, on episode four, we're going to continue on with a couple of discussions that we've been talking about. Uh, our sponsor this week also is uh, Tiny Houses Shed Homes, which is our Facebook page, or it's our, our group page, I guess. So if you'd like to learn more about tiny houses, find out what you need to do to build a tiny house, uh, or if you're just interested in tiny homes or shed homes, um, come give us a, a look-see and um, join the group, and you'll get an awful lot of information, not only from us, but from other group members as well. Yeah, I go on uh, Sunday nights about 8 o'clock. I'm thinking about moving that a little earlier, but I go on live. We do Facebook Lives uh, on Sunday evening. And um, Barry and I are going to be doing some tours of different tiny homes uh, near us. We're taking an actual vacation and going to some... What What is oh, that exactly? Right. Uh, probably go into an Airbnb, so we'll do some tours of that. So things are coming up within our group, um, but we want to support the tiny home community. Now, to be honest, we don't live in a tiny home. We talked about us being a rule breaker. Our tiny, Our tiny house is actually... Well, it's a, it's a shed home that's about 764 square feet. Right. But, um, you know, we also love and embrace the tiny house lifestyle. And, you know, the whole piece of that is living as um, debt-free as possible, not having to worry about a whole corporate lifestyle to just go buy more things. And that is what we're trying to embrace. So well, if you yeah. are wanting to live small, it's hard to say small homes. You know, that, I mean, that doesn't really get people excited. But right. thinking about tiny homes and shed homes, that's very exciting because we can see ourselves living without this big weight of a mortgage over our heads. So that's what we're doing in tiny home houses, shed homes. And it is a Facebook group. You're welcome to, you know, come in and join us and see what you think. Yeah, it's been a fun group so far. And uh, Beth is the, the host, uh, moderator, um, editor. Um, she hadn't had to kick anybody out yet, so that's a good thing. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but it'll uh, happen. But she brought up a great point that, uh, you know, tiny house, we can't say small house. That doesn't really make sense because small, what is small? Exactly. Um, small to somebody might be 3,500 square feet if, if they've moved out of a 10,000 square foot house. 
So um, it, we we say tiny home and and, and shed homes. Um, but the other thing, one of the other reasons I like living in a shed home is is it's it feels cleaner to me. Uh, people talk about you know they 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 want to live a clean life and they're usually talking about their what they're putting into their bodies from a food standpoint, uh, or you know not drinking alcohol, not smoking, things like that. But for me, you know, clean living also involves your house, not not how tidy it is on the yeah, inside. Yeah, some days that we aren't participating <laughs> in clean living. But, but your footprint, your uh, what you're doing, uh, how much space you're taking up, what you're doing with the property that you have. Um, and and what you're contributing to um, to s- uh, society and the world around you. So anyway, um, that's uh, a little bit about uh, tiny houses and shed homes. And our dialogue today that we wanted to have uh, is, and Beth has been doing quite a bit of research on this, is building your tiny home or tough shed, or not tough shed necessarily, but shed home, uh, just got more expensive. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? What does that have to do with? Well, so, you know, um, right now there's a big, I think it's a societal shift. um, And we're seeing people that are deciding that they don't want to be where they are. So the first part of that is New York City is seeing a huge exodus and people are moving across you know, into New Jersey, or they're moving up in upstate into New York, Connecticut, Connecticut. They're moving everywhere. People in uh, California are moving out, and they're moving away from California. Then, of course, the wildfire started, and that not only is impacting where people are moving, but also that that's impacting our lumber because nobody is logging in Northern California. Although that had sort of Part of the reason for their wildfires is the fact that no, that very little logging was going on. But um, prior, as the pandemic started, lumber companies started winding down their production. They had um, problems with uh, employees working, obviously. Then they had um, they decided that they, that because of the pandemic, building was going to slow. Well, they got that one totally wrong. They're, one of the ver- things Barry and I first did was we started building things. And when we <laughs> were in Home Depot, we saw everybody else there building right. things. People had idle time on their hands and right. they were finally getting around to the projects that they needed to do. Right. So lumber has just soar- soared. And then, of course, we had uh, Hurricane Sally and what's the name of the other one? Laura? Do I have that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then, so now all of uh, the Gulf Coast, particularly friends of ours, have reported to us about um, Lake Charles, Louisiana. They're having to rebuild the whole town. That takes lumber. So um, then we have this shed movement where people are building shed and living in sheds and tiny homes. Now, obviously, a tiny home is going to take nearly the amount of lumber. But um, I do see people in shed home groups building 16 by 40 sheds, you know, um, 28 by 50 sheds. So not everybody that's living in a shed is living small. Right. And, of course, that takes a lot of lumber, too. So um, a lot of things are happening that is making the lumber industry um, peak. And, you know, it's supply and demand. Um, The more you need and they're not there, the more it's going to cost. So lumber, like two by four, two by sixes have gone up 60 to 70%. Um, if you're building a, 
oh, a hundred square foot tiny home, that may not impact you so much. Of course, it probably will because you probably are trying to do it on a strict budget. But let's say you're building a 3,000 square foot house. That's really impacting. Now they're talking about houses are costing up to 20 or 25,000 more for lumber. So back to well, the point about- Well, that's a standard about, size house. Right, and the standard size house in the U.S. is what? 2,500 uh, square, 2, square feet. So there you go. Another reason to build small. Um, so I'm recommending to people who are just flummoxed now by this is if you can, and I, I recommend this anyway, um, build whatever you can get into, particularly if you're building it yourself. Do something small. Get the smallest thing you can figure out how to put yourself and your family in and then expand. Like Barry and I built one house for our daughter and our grandchildren, and then we built another one. We didn't, we knew we would never, well, we wouldn't want to live all together in one anyway, but we wanted to build small so we could actually finish the projects. And you know what? We still have trim to put up in a couple places. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get, after you've built two houses, you're like, meh, piece of trim. I don't care. That can just stay (laughs) untrimmed. Um, You know, and, but as long as you start out small, so... I'm recommending to people that are in my group, um, you know, if you're looking at something, build a 12 by, you know, whatever, or 14 by whatever, and then add on to that at some point. So uh, when things go down, but here's the quick question, is it going to go down? Some people are saying lumber will not go down, which well, the, I think that's kind of crazy. I think it will. The challenge right now is, of course, um, the availability of raw material, because we've had so many fires out west yeah. that we've lost uh, a, a lot of um, uh, probably not only uh, natural woodlands, but probably also farmed uh, woodlands. Georgia Pacific, Weyerhaeuser, people like that have probably lost uh, some some trees as well. So that's going to impact the cost of, uh, of the raw materials for, for building. Um, and then again, you know, once the prices get up on most things, uh, it's really hard for for right. uh, the market to reduce those prices. Well, why would you? Why would you? If you can sell a two by four for, you know, six dollars when it used to be two dollars and eighty nine cents, and people are still buying it at six dollars, why wouldn't you keep selling it at six dollars? So exactly that's right. That's kind of the rumor of what's going on. And oh, by the way. Just take a look, if you think about it, at what Home Depot stock has done or their quarterly earnings last quarter. You can look at their uh, financial grid and it's like, and then peak, and it goes up really high um, for last quarter because of all the things we just talked about. Right. So they're doing really well. Darn, I wish I had Home Depot stock, but just before the <laughs> pandemic. Who would have known? Yes, that's exactly right. Who would have known? But... Um... Yeah, so the costs have gone up, but and it's not just the cost of lumber that's going up. It's the cost of, of building materials in general well, uh, that are going up. Again, supply and demand. Absolutely. And then labor. I, you know, I think there are a lot of people that are um, not working in corporate stuff, but, you know, the, we live in a place where there are a lot of people driving pickup trucks, and the pickup trucks haven't stopped driving. That's right. Plumbers are still working. Electricians are still working. I We have an electrician work on the office that we're in, and uh, I had to get him to piece me in between on the weekend when he's not doing something else. So uh, people that have skills, and honestly, if you 
if you've thought about being a plumber or an electrician, I, can, I can't imagine you would ever have really a downside anymore. No. There's so much work to be done. There's because there's so few people doing it. That's right. So anyway, um, that's we. That's why we think you know if you if you can, this is the time to get your shed or tiny home. If you can do it as small as you can sneak by with, and then add on. Right as money allows. Hoping that things will go back down. Uh, But again, the question of the day is: Will it really? I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. Who knows? Um, I hope that um, uh, once. well, whatever a new normal might be, right? Uh, I don't really like that that phrase, but um, um, you know, pricing um, uh, builders uh, who are still building, but who are probably just doing the the larger projects right now. Um, you know, we need for that to get back to uh, a normal state, so that we can that people can have you know build if they don't know how to build. Now we gave ourselves kind of a crash course in building on our first house that That's we built. That's a bad term. Well, when you're building a house. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thankfully, it was all, you know, the inspector would come out and say, I don't know that I'd do it that way, and we'd correct well, they, it, and he'd were, be okay he was, with it. I mean, he was really very complimentary. He, he never we, came by and said, you cannot, ab- there's no way you can do that. <laughs> right. No, actually, they were pretty compliment, complimentary because, you know, we're kind of the kind of people who want to do it right, and so we did a lot of research. We watched a lot of YouTube. We got lots of people to come and help, on, particularly on our first house, and by the time we kind of learned all that stuff, what we learned was we didn't love doing it. So on our second house, we actually hired out a well, lot of things because yeah. well, I always laugh and say we hired out the things that wouldn't kill us because, you know, certainly we're not going to do electrical. That would be insane, but we also don't do plumbing because I want to make sure all that goes downhill as they right. say yeah you don't so, want it coming back into your house <laughs> right so uh yeah we hired out those things but we did a lot of the work ourselves but um you know as you've I've, part of the joy for me about doing projects is the discovery of it you know, right I, right so weeding and researching and then the doing but by the time i'm done it once or twice that's okay i'll or, move on or sometimes when we're in the middle of a project yeah we'll go you know this isn't really worth the Right. <laughs> the time money ratio here. Call somebody. <laughs> Call somebody Call to, somebody. to manage it. Yeah. Yeah. So um it's getting again, getting more expensive to build. Um so just be prepared for that. And again, if you're if you're drawing up plans for a, a tiny house and we have a lot of requests for our plan and uh, and honestly, uh, Beth drew up our plan on a napkin. So we, we'd be happy to send you a somewhere. pack of napkins if you need. Uh. <laughs> I have a picture of it somewhere on a piece of graph paper that I actually did sit there and draw out. But it's pretty simple. It's, it's a room re- up above and a room down below with a couple of bathrooms. In a box. In. in a box. <laughs> so it's not that complicated. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it was not complicated, but it was. Um, that was the point. That was yeah. That was indeed the point. Just to have open spaces upstairs and downstairs. Yep. And that's one of the things that we love about our home is that it's uh, uh, it's comfortable. It's um, it, it. We have a few issues that we need to take care of. We made a bad decision with the flooring. I won't go into that too much. But oh, someday uh, we'll have a flooring episode. Someday oh my we God, will yes, have a flooring will. episode. That, we, don't we, learn from our mistakes. <laughs> yes, don't will, do what we maybe did. Maybe we'll do that soon. I'm sure people are, are looking at flooring right now to put down. Yeah. But um, Save yourselves. You know, one of the other things that you're going to have to consider is, depending on where you live, um, 
what are you going to do about your heat and your air? Um, you we get a lot of co- questions about. We that. do get a lot of questions about how we've how we heat and cool our our living space, and uh, we did a little uh, bit of research into that. Actually, we did quite a bit of research yeah. into it, and we looked at a couple of things. Uh, that was a coffee cup. Sorry, I'm rattling. <laughs> he gets so irritated with me when I rattle. Sorry, I don't like her rattling on on the air. Um, but um, you know, we looked at that, and of course, when you go with a standard uh, heat pump, we live in the South, so the only in the area that we live in, we only had to have by for code, we only had to have heat uh, and a source of heat, and that could have been. Electric, it could have been gas, or it could have been, I guess, just a fireplace. I don't know if they would count um, a fireplace or not. But um, obviously, our experience living in the South is that you also have to have air conditioning. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather be, I could bundle up a lot, but there's not, I can't only take off so many pieces of clothing. So well, in I the re- house, that's totally okay, <laughs> <Right>. but, um, <laughs> but, but not in public. For me, air is as, as important, if not more, than heat. I guess that's not true because I would freeze to death, but I like I, I want them both. Right. Well, I'm not yeah, going to be without both. both. And so we opted, after looking at um, a couple of different options, we looked at um, a standard kind of heat pump, uh, central heat and air kind of thing. And the, bad, the, the downside to that, of course, is that when you're building tiny uh, or small, you have to find the space to run the ductwork for that. Well, it's also so really expensive. It's very expensive. So we opted for a, um, a mini split system that is is really great. It's um, it cools us nicely during the hottest days of summer, and most days in the winter it keeps up with the um, with the cooler temperatures outside with the heat. Um, we have had on the very coldest days, uh, and I'm talking, we've had, you know, below two, zero. two years ago, we had several days in a row of, of below zero temperatures. And then we did use our, our gas fireplaces. Yeah, but honestly, I don't know if we had to. Uh, so I'm the kind of person that um, I have about a window of five degrees of comfort. I'm either too hot or too cold, and Barry just has to tolerate that. So I'm <laughs> warming myself up by heaters. Like this morning, I had a small space heater on and made me turn that off um because because it it rattles and makes noise but um yeah and i'm so we one of the things we also and because we live in the mountains and we know that we occasionally get ice and snow we wanted to make sure we had a a way and our house is mainly electric we want to make sure we had a way to keep warm so we have a propane stove we have a um, propane um, vent-free fireplace. Now, you have to be careful with those because especially in a small house, there's a lot of reading you need to do if you decide you want to have one of those because of moisture and carbon monoxide and blah, blah, blah. So we did a lot of research on that. We don't use it all the time. But I will promise you on cold mornings, I'm usually flipping that thing on and standing and rotating, rotisserieing, <laughs> rotisserieing, is that a word? Myself in front of the um, fire. And you can read all about how genetically we are meant to have radiant heat um, rather than um, forced air heat. But that's a whole nother uh, anthropological discussion. 
Anyway, wow. yeah, that was a big word for this time this of is morning. Like Beth Smith with <laughs> deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Anyway, so um, we do have that supplemental. I don't think we've ever really needed it. No. Uh, I think it was fine without it. But uh, of course, if it's cold out there and snowy, I'm going to want to rotate myself by a fire. So we do have that, um, but we've never really had any trouble with it. The one we have had a little bit of trouble with our, our mini split. Because we oh. didn't know we were supposed to, or probably somewhere we didn't read the manual, we didn't know we were supposed to clean the thing out with this special cleaning fluid. And it, it just has drain lines. It doesn't have big pipes like a HVAC. Right. Regular HVAC. And so our drain lines got stopped up and we were having water run down the wall and into the flooring that we hate that we'll talk about some other day. And um, so we were desperately trying to figure that out and we had to get the guy out to basically suck the drain lines out and put the special fluid down the the pipes and get that cleaned out and from time to time if we don't keep up with it it starts to leak again right and we've gotten really good about cleaning that out so word of the wise learn from our mistakes clean out keep your drain lines flushed clean. out with this stuff and uh, every so often you are you are probably get depending on where you live um, uh, you are going to probably have to get a, a shop vac and uh, suck out the hose because something will get up in there, whether it's, well, it's uh, dirt, and, grunge, dirt and grunge or a bug. I've gotten bugs out of it before that had it stopped up. So um, Probably if you did a better lo- a job of keeping it rinsed out before you let it get topped up like we did, not knowing, you might right. not ever have to have that shop back That's thing. That's true. Or you could just call the guy and have him service it every six months or something. Or three but, months or whatever. Yeah. But anyway... Um, so we've really enjoyed our mini splits. We got it. Is it Blue Ridge? Do I have that right? Mm, yeah, it's company it's name Alpine is, Air. It's, oh, Alpine uh, Air. Blue Ridge. Uh, I think the the product is called Blue Ridge. Right. But Alpine Air is the company they we were, purchased them. They were great to work with. They offered us on a whim. I mean, they just said, "Hey, would you like ninety days ca- same as cash?" And we went, "Oh, yeah, that'd be great." So um, <clears throat> it arrived they, on a, ma- a, a massive pallet. Yeah, that uh, we had to transfer from the truck because it was just it was not door to door delivery. It was door to address delivery. And, and we live up a, a gravel driveway. And so we had to transfer the uh, the unit from the 18 wheeler to the, our pickup truck and get it up the driveway that way. I was conveniently not around. No, but she was not around. <laughs> Purposely, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, we did not have to have an HVAC guy do it. Our electrician just put it in for us. We bought um, it already charged. Already charged. Uh, the lines we, were charged. So he, he, our electrician... Basically had, stuck it in and yep. ran and the had, lines. And had done them before. So <laughs> yeah. it was not a big deal for him. No. So that was good. Um, and he was really adept at that. So we didn't have to worry about that too much. Um, I don't mind it, but Barry has one thing he wishes we would have done differently. Yeah, the the thing that I wish that we had done, and this is going to be a segment that um, uh, that I want to do every week because I, I think it's important to know the, the we love living in our tiny house and in our shed house, but it's there. There's always something that you would do differently, right? Uh, whether it's the flooring, whether it's a roof, if you've put on an asphalt roof, although I don't know why anybody would put an asphalt roof on a house in the, in the south. Um, uh, the thing that I would do differently with uh, is about our mini splits, and I would do. We have two. We have one outside unit, which is the the compressor and the the heat pump portion of it, and then we have what they call head units. So we have a head unit upstairs and a head unit downstairs, and I wouldn't change that at all. Let me back up and say, if you don't know what mini splits are, 
just Google it, but it, it is basically a head that's about what would you three feet long and about a foot tall. Right. That hangs on the wall. You see them in Europe. You see them. That's where we were first introduced to them. They're not like the things that are in hotel rooms that blow all the time right. that are in the wall, but they're up high on the, like near the ceiling. Right. And they're sort of whitish, grayish usually. Yeah. Well, yeah. And um, they have little lights on them and they make noise. Uh, <laughs> and they blow air. <laughs> and they blow hot or cold air. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're... And they're not—they're not real big. They don't take up any floor space. They don't take up much wall space. And they're almost totally silent. Almost which totally I love. silent. Yeah, it's um, after they've been off for a little while, um, you know, a day or so. <clears throat> excuse me. They'll have—they—they uh, they may, when you turn them on, the fan sometimes will will make a funky noise, and that goes away after about thirty seconds. But um, I would actually put. A different, uh, an additional outdoor compressor, outdoor compressor and, and a heat pump uh, outside. One of the one of the challenges you have when you do just one is that if you have an upstairs that gets hot during, a, let's say it like like this morning it was forty three degrees where we live, and that's not really cold, but it's much cooler than we've had in the, you know, over the summer. So um, our upstairs will warm up because it gets the sun much faster. Um, in the day. So we, you know, there are many days where it's kind of a, it's kind of that between temperature where it's not really hot and it's not really cold, but it's a little iffy either way. Um, I would like to be able to have the heat on upstairs and the air conditioning down downstairs occasionally or vice versa even. Um, but we can't, you can, you can't do that with only one, with, with two head units that work on one off of one compressor. So, so the air has to be on in both locations right, or the or heat the has heat. to be on in you can't both have, locations. It's not either or, it's it's both. We usually just solve it by turning off the one that's right. the wrong temperature. We turn off the heat or we turn off the air, and it's not that uncomfortable. And we'll turn but, on the ceiling fan But if then we have sometimes to do that. you have to say, honey, run upstairs and turn off the air because right. I'm going to turn on the heat yeah, or we, whatever. It we, is a little inconvenient. I don't mind it, but, you we've know. We've got big, massive windows downstairs in our um, uh, in the living room on our first floor and then when the sun comes in that in the afternoon it gets really really hot in there um which is what we did you know one of the things we wanted to have happen was was to get solar that gain solar gain yep um but it sometimes is overpowering so that's what i would do i would i would have it to where we could have one on heat and one on air and that would probably be like an extra i don't know let's just say less than a thousand dollars to yeah. add another oh, yeah. uh, compressor on the outside, and by the way, we hung ours on the. We didn't build a. We didn't build a pad for it. You can do it that way. We hung it on the side of the house, and somebody asked if, if you know, for tiny houses, if that made any, um, if you could tell it. And I will say that at night, sometimes when I'm laying in bed, I can feel a little vibration when it comes on or when it's running the fan is running so be aware of that if you're really super sensitive to that or you have a really small situation or a place where you located it it's downstairs and where i'm upstairs and that's the only right. time i feel it when it's really quiet and whatever but you might want to be more sensitive to that i i don't feel that that's um vibration uh, is one of the things that lulls me to sleep i ah. sleep like a baby on a plane or a train so, um so if if that's going on then that's probably helping me sleep which um, the dog is certainly not. No, yeah, no. 
<laughs> Not well, right now. We're, we've got other things to talk about today, but we're going to have to wrap this up because we are getting ready to be invaded uh, by our student grandchildren who right. are coming into their uh, the front part of the shop. So we are going to uh, say goodbye. Um, Next week, we'll talk a little bit more about tiny home news and some stories. We'll try to get that in a little bit more and talk about weathers that are happening right. um, and uh, weathers. weathers, fires, hurricanes, you know, all those things that are happening right now in the world of tiny house. And um, and my prediction, and I'm going to do a little bit of research about this, I bet we're going to see a ton of shed homes and tiny homes moving into Louisiana Oh yeah. over the next little bit as people are trying to find ways to rebuild and have a place to live. You know, the FEMA trailers and all those Horrible. things that happened after... Um, Katrina. Yeah, Katrina. Those things were crap. Excuse my they, French. Yes, they, they were. They were awful, and they were health hazards. They were health hazards, and um, they were moldy and yep. had all kinds of things. But so, I think there's going to be a whole influx of things like that that will be a little bit more. These, what did you call them yesterday? Drag and drop sheds? Dra- I call them drag and drop sheds. Drag yeah. and drop sheds um, are, are a much better option. Uh, I think. With, with, with heat and air. Um, even if they're uninsulated, I think it'd be better than a, a FEMA trailer. Yeah. Those were horrible. They were. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, some new ruling, or not new, rulings that I discovered about Tennessee with these drop, drag and drop sheds. Uh, so we'll talk about some of that. Um, I'm trying to help folks figure out what they can do within each um, of their states and communities. Of course, it's all very community specific. I'm working on um, uh, some a big resource for you know, where can I build? That's always the problem. Where can I build and how can I do it? So more to come as we continue to develop and try to support the tiny home community. Perfect. Go ahead, sneeze. No, oh, no, okay. I'm good. <laughs> it passed. All right. Uh, yeah, I have that occasionally too. So thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed it. I always enjoy these because it's fun to, to talk about something that that I enjoy and that I really like. And it's also nice to sit here and and, uh, have good dialogue with a beautiful woman. And so uh, for Radio Tiny House, I'm Barry Smith. Beth Smith here. And we will see you next week.